What if the speed of light was 30 miles an hour? What if Earth had two suns? Which cereal mascot would win in a what fight? What if everyone lived underground? What if, it rained what if money grew what on if trees? What if pigs could fly? I don't know if that would actually happen. It's much easier to store a unicycle than to store a horse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. You guys ready to duke it out in another fight episode? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the excitement is palpable. Yeah. I love how much it sounds like that yes was cut out from a different episode and inserted by Chris, but no, that was me saying yes in a really weird way. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, real life got actual silence and Chris is grabbing yeses frantically from past episodes to throw them in here. Yes. But, uh... Right, so uh, every once in a while on the podcast, we will do a, a fight. Uh, the way we do these is we each will pick a fighter. We will kind of explain a little bit about our fighters, introduce them, um, say the way, why they might be good or bad in the fight. Then we discuss, kind of assign odds for different scenarios of how these fights might go, and then take all that together and spin the Wheel of Final Determination to determine the ultimate winner. The one we have this week is slightly different because the characters that we are picking as our fighters are not actually going to be the ones fighting. We've each selected a famous mentor from a movie, and rather than have the mentors fight themselves, because that's not what mentors do, they're all going to train up a kind of generic hero that will be the ones actually fighting. We've decided that our mentees will just be quote-unquote normal human adult male. Uh, with no special characteristics. Should we assign names to avoid confusion later on when we're actually talking about the fight? We probably should. I guess we can decide what the names are after we say who our mentors are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to relate, maybe relate the name to the mentor so it's easy to remember. I don't know. We'll figure it out live. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We planned this. Yeah. I'll uh I'll go ahead and get started so you guys have some time to come up with uh with some names for your mentor, a mentee. So who I have chosen to go in with is Obi Wan Kenobi from the Star Wars movies. Have you guys seen those? They're pretty good. Yes. Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi is a Jedi master. Basically, he's a human dude with magical space powers. Um, that allow him to tap into the, I don't know, like, life force of the universe via a poorly explained biological midichlorian process, um, and then use that space power to, you know, push things around, jump real good, mind trick people, lots of little things that he can do with that. Uh, He was born a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. In the movies, he trained up two characters. He trained up Anakin Skywalker, which worked out great. He turned into Darth Vader. And Luke Skywalker, who turned out, I guess, better, (laughs) <laughs> by the end of it background he doesn't actually have that much background he was born on the planet Stujan, and if that sounds like a dump planet name then get ready for it to get way dumber <laughs> so the way the jedi work is that you know in the time when obi-wan was young the jedi would just go around and if they found force sensitive children they would just kidnap them and bring them to the jedi temple to raise them so they don't really remember their home worlds so obi-wan's home planet was never mentioned or established uh, until George Lucas, uh, in 2010, which is after the first six movies came out, um, was asked on stage at an annual Star Wars celebration thing um, when where Obi-Wan was born. And he came up with the name Stujan uh, <laughs> because the host asking the question was John Stewart. <laughs> wow. And now that's canon. 
And now it is canon in like 20 different official Star Wars things. So now things that anything that has like biological info on characters and it asks where Obi-Wan Kenobi was born, it's Stu John. There's like another, they introduce a side character in some like off thing, born on Stu John. So it is now an official Star Wars planet because George Lucas was on stage and was like, this is my thing. I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter if it's good or not. <laughs> Star Wars fans can be interesting sometimes. <laughs> George Lucas can, that's not fans. That's literally George Lucas. <laughs> My favorite thing like that is that technically E.T. is, or like E.T.'s species is canonically in the Star Wars universe because they like slipped one into one of the scenes in one of the prequel movies. And now they've all like, like all like Wikipedia and stuff have like put them in there because they're technically in the scene. So they must exist in the universe. <laughs> oh, but I, fandoms, fandoms are incredible beasts. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, pretty, pretty generic as far as mentors go. He's very much the, you know, patient and wise and straight-laced dude who's trying to teach you how to do things all the right ways. Kind of some specific advantages that Obi-Wan Kenobi has. Mad lightsaber skills. It's usually like, you know, Jedi are generally fast and agile and things, but, you know, Obi-Wan is often noted as being particularly good with lightsabers, given that our fight is kind of happening in the present. He is from the quote-unquote, like, from, I'm going to say from the future, even though it's from the past, but like from the, you know, an advanced civilization. And he's quite learned in general. So he might have some additional knowledge, just base knowledge from being in like a space faring civilization. He's very patient. Uh, he deals with Anakin's bullshit all the time. Uh, say it was just some witty sarcasm and then that seems to work for him. He does have his force powers. Um, I think the Jedi mind trick could be used as a good motivational tool during training. Like, you know, oh, you don't feel like training? Well, maybe you do feel like training. <laughs> <laughs> this is the training you're looking for. That, that implies that your hero is weak-willed. Yeah, you know, he might be. Generic, <laughs> generic, generic man might be weak-willed. Or it's moments of weak will. That's, that's what you have to get through, okay. the moments of weak will. When he's, like, looking at, like you know the mcdonald's across the way and he's like i need to punish my body for this training and he's like and you're like no eat a salad <laughs> and do more push-ups he can do uh force healing so if he ever you know he can go to some pretty intense training and then use his force powers to heal up any damage that may have been done to that person's body or just maybe you know just like for recovery purposes stuff like that and then he's also got some like i'm gonna say like tactical knowledge advantages so in like the clone wars era of star wars he was a high jedi general um and basically he was commanding officer of the open circle fleet the third systems army the seventh sky corps so he was like basically just like a big general in charge of a lot of armies and things so i'm sure there's some overlap knowledge there of like tactics and also just kind of like of general training protocols and stuff like that just from like that military type background so that's kind of good stuff bad stuff stuff that probably won't work so much in his favor he didn't really do a great job of training his actual apprentices anakin skywalker turned into literally the thing that he was trying to turn have him not turn into which is like you know an evil sith lord so that was his first apprentice that he spent a lot of time on and then for luke he really spent like like an actual literal two days training before he dies <laughs> um <laughs> so luke turned out gooder than darth vader but also More because of yoda yeah well yoda i mean yeah so basically luke got trained by obi-wan for like two days and then trained by yoda for like two weeks and then that's it <laughs> that's all the training he got so good on luke for getting through that that's like that's like you know learning it out of the textbook in college like you know, <laughs> your teacher's not really there helping you out you just kind of have to learn it on your own as you go through so 
I can't say, like, despite his advantages, his track record is not excellent. I imagine he'll also be teaching kind of like the Jedi Code, which which I'll recite very quickly now because it's short. So it's, there is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is the Force. Um, so kind of like the te- the teaching tenets that he's going to be harping on is there's no emotion, no passion, no chaos, and no death, which kind of is limiting in a fighting environment. Even Yoda is like saying like, you know, a Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. So like, even though if you watch the Star Wars movies, these rules are not hard, fast rules because, you know, Jedi do a lot of beating up of bad guys. But I think Obi-Wan will spend like a lot of his training time talking all the stuff about when and how to use, like, the fighting skills that he's passing on to his hero instead of actually teaching you more fighting skills because, like, in his world, when you teach somebody, they become, like, a magical space god and, you know, he's gonna be training, like, a dude instead who probably doesn't have to worry too much about, you know, absolute moral superiority when he's just going through life doing his own things. Yeah, he never trains not a Jedi in the movies. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's the whole military part of it, but I'm not sure how much he does, like, I'm not sure if he does any, like, training in that in that uh, capacity. So, really, I, th- I think, big picture-wise, he's got some advantages, like, just on the... Being able to use Force powers to accelerate training through the mind tricks and the Force healing would be great. He's got a lot of knowledge. He has, all the, he has everything he needs to train well. But he might shoot himself in the foot by either training someone who was, like, too morally good to, you know, actually, like, fight something without having a whole bunch of moral dilemmas, or... He could go, it could end up like Anakin where he builds someone that on the surface looks like that for the first five minutes and then actually, but actually is a barely restrained maniac with some emotional problems. And, uh, yeah, so really a dude, he's gonna, probably going to be, I figure he'll be good with a sword. I'm going to give my guy like at, uh, a sword because that's the lightsaber equivalent in real life. And then I won't deny my guy if we, if we get into conventional weapons <laughs> because, <laughs> you know. Again, Obi-Wan does know how to use a, well, a blaster. So if it ever comes to that, there's, you know, that knowledge is in there. We should also acknowledge that uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, like the finale is about to happen when this episode airs. But for us, we're recording this before it's even started. So there might be material in there that you missed. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to acknowledge. We've, we've timed this episode perfectly where the Obi-Wan show might be all everyone's talking about because the finale is about to come out in three days after this airs. Two days. Uh, or two days. But the show has yet to exist in the world yet. We're we're a few we're like four days before the actual episode one and two drop, which I'm very excited for. I'm I'm very excited to see Ewan McGregor, you know, reprise his role because, like, again, the witty sarcasm. Obi Wan is actually one of my favorite like fictional characters because I love his just baseline, you know, frustrated dad full of sarcasm is is a great vibe. I mean, who knows? Maybe he does train a non Jedi in the show. We don't know. It could happen. But yes, if we miss anything, don't blame us. Blame time time it's time's <laughs> fault look this episode was recorded a long time ago <laughs> in, a galaxy. in a galaxy very 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 close on an astronomical scale <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh and i gotta name my guy i gotta name my mentee oh right i forgot we were doing that already <laughs> um since it's not a title in our world i'm gonna just name mine one padawan kenobi <laughs> okay there we go padawan kenobi is on a is is ready to go chris who, who did you who, who's your mentor so my mentor is Morpheus from the Matrix, or the, the three Matrix, or the four. No, he wasn't in the fourth. The three Matrix movies. <laughs> and I specifically looked at the first one because that's like the one where he does most of his mentoring of the main character, which is Neo, who is the one. So Neo 
in the beginning of the movie, he starts out sort of basically just a normal guy in like a, bo- a boring office job. And then by the end of it, after he goes through all of his training, he can like stop bullets. He can fly. He's he's the one. So he's like a special person. But we our fighter is not the one. Our fighter is just a normal person who cannot like none of the Matrix rules apply to him. So like how do Morpheus's lessons like what would that do to him? Now, there are a lot of scenes of Morpheus just, like, explaining what the Matrix is. That's, like, a majority of Morpheus's scenes. But there are three main scenes that show Morpheus, like, actually teaching things to, to Neo. The first one is the scene with the woman in the red dress. So they're, like, walking through a bunch of, like, a crowd of a bunch of people wearing black and white and stuff. And then Neo notices a woman in a red dress. He, like, gets distracted by her. And then Morpheus tells Neo to look at the woman again, and it's an agent who is pointing a gun at him. And the lesson is basically not to trust anyone because anyone could be an agent. So that's lesson number one is don't te- don't trust anyone, basically. He also, or the next scene um, where he, he teaches lessons is the dojo fight. So he doesn't actually train how to fight because that knowledge is kind of just like uploaded to neo's brain but he does fight him and during that fight he sort of teaches like you can break the rules or bend the rules of the matrix to your advantage he says things like stop trying to hit me and hit me uh don't think you are no you are stuff like that so he's kind of like drilling in the message that like if you uh you can like sort of will yourself into being strong and fast without actually having to like do anything with your muscles like yeah like do or do not there is no try yeah only yours isn't yoda so yeah (laughs) 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 so yeah i guess the lesson there is you don't necessarily have to like work on your muscles and stuff (laughs) assuming that the matrix is a thing but in our case it's not so that maybe that might not be a great lesson and then the third scene is the building jump scene where he like jumps from one skyscraper roof to another skyscraper roof. He says, uh, let go of fear, doubt and disbelief, free your mind. And then he jumps. And that's basically, I guess, teaching the same lesson where like, if you believe you can, then you can. And I guess like the overall like summary of what Morpheus teaches is like you go against the system like authority you don't have to listen to authority because that's like basically what the matrix is breaking rules can make you stronger and faster so like cheating is good basically you don't have to follow the rules if you believe you are then you are so anything if just like if you're overconfident then it'll help i guess and he is very much pro guns they use lots of guns in the matrix (laughs) and i assume that he can teach some gun skills he can probably teach some hand-to-hand skills too he didn't actually do it in the movie but i'm sure he can do a little bit and yeah that's pretty much it and in so like in the matrix all these lessons really help neo to like unlock his oneness in real life for like a real normal person maybe some of these are a detriment we'll see and i guess i have to name my guy so my guy is not the one he is the two the two. <laughs> right. The two. The two. Nailed it. Uh, ben, who did you have? 
So I went with Phil from Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually you, you you spend like three minutes explaining why you picked the thing that you did without try, so you don't have to try to accept like responsibility for it. But no, you're just this one's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there's no justification. <laughs> there's no justification. Uh, Phil Phil is a satyr, he, which is a little half goat, half man. Who trains Hercules? His full name is Philoctetes. Uh, he had previously trained Jason, Odysseus, Perseus, Theseus, and Achilles, who were all, in my opinion, very successful Greek heroes, but all of them did fail, so he retired. And only actually agreed to train Hercules after Zeus strikes him with a bolt of lightning. Uh, and that convinces him. Um, fun fact, Philoctetes was actually a Greek hero in like Greek mythology who was vaguely related to Heracles. Um, he was an, an archer, and he participated in the Trojan War. He was one of the the men who fought for the hand of. Um, oh, why did I not put her name here? Helen. Helen got there, but uh, his relation to Heracles actually was uh, Heracles built his own funeral pyre, and then needed someone to light it. And Philo, uh, Philo, Philo, wow, Philoctetes, God, that name is awful. Um, was the only one who would light it. Which once it was lit, and Heracles was deified. That gained him his favor, and he was granted Heracles' bow and poisoned arrows. But obviously, that's not his story in the movie, the Disney movie. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> so yeah, there he just he just trains him. Uh, conveniently, Phil has, and I'm, yes, I'm going to call him Phil from now on because I cannot bother to say Philoctetes over and Philoctetes. over. Philoctetes. <laughs> Phil has rules to being a hero. A hundred and one of them, in fact. All right, let's strap in, everybody. I am not going to read off all of those because because that is a very long list to read through. Did they flesh out all 101 of them? I have the list of all 101. I don't know how much. I know some number are directly from the movie. I would assume that some are probably from, like, some, you know, Disney picture book or something. Who knows? But I I did have the full list. And I went through... And picked out a bunch of relevant ones in both good and bad ways. I'm going to assume that Phil's mentee listens to him very literally. Partially because there are two rules that I think will sort of, you know, assuming he follows them. Uh, really driving the fact that he should. Which is rule number four, your trainer is always right. And rule number 97, a hero is just a regular guy with a right coach. So I think between those two, this mentee is going to just, you know, follow exactly what he says. So let's go with the good rules first. Which these will go through pretty quickly. Uh, number 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I just assume because there's only like three good ones. No, it's mostly because they're kind of just generally per general purpose, like good in a fight. But also there aren't that many of them. Yeah. So uh, number 10, watch your footwork. Uh, number 16, don't turn your back on your foe. Number 18, learn from your mistakes. Number 24, don't get cocky. Number 28, keep your guard up. Number 30, analyze the situation. Number 61, the greater your agility, the greater your ability, which I guess just means he'll be really agile. Sort of in tandem, number 82, you got to stay focused. And number 95, concentrate, exclamation point. And number 96, aim, exclamation point. So kind of just good general purpose, you know, be pretty good at keeping an eye on your opponent. Don't get overconfident. Keep your guard up. You can tell this is a real list made by a real, real satyr because it's like the first... 30 are pretty good like there's a really high hit rate in the first 30 and then there's like gaps of 30 to 20 between all the rest of the good ones going through so they wrote 30 good rules but felt like they needed to have 101 for the book yeah that sounds about right 
I did like one of the ones that I didn't think would come up, but it is pretty great is uh, number 29. Beware of Greeks bearing gifts. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be relevant here. Then there are some some bad rules in terms of like definitely trying 100% to win a fight, which are 32, never hit a man when he's down. And number 67, play by the rules. Just kind of fight fairly, which I mean, yeah, that's good and all, but also if you definitely want to win, maybe don't commit to that. <laughs> I will say they're both kind of contradicted by rule number 90, which is nice guys finish last. Um, so kind of a little, little, you know, dissonance there, but figure there's two of the play by the rules ones and just the one nice guys finish last. It's the, the, the strongest alignment is lawful evil. Exactly. Then we have some, some bad rules in terms of like being in a fight when taken perfectly literally. One is number 19, keep circling. Which I understand means in general, <laughs> like, you know, sort of stay on your feet. But if you're always going to keep circling, that's, you know, A, kind of predictable, and B, doesn't seem necessarily very effective at all times. Number 51 is act, don't react, which I guess act on its own is good, but don't react is a pretty bad thing. <laughs> so going to be kind of, you know, despite a, despite the whole analyze the situation and, and whatnot, there's not going to be much in the way of terms of like uh, reaction to what is being done to him, more just kind of acting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, in terms of avoiding predictability, number 54, lead with your left. I feel like if you always do that, it's going to kind of become a little predictable. But he's going to because that is rule fifty four. Lead with your left. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much. I don't know how much advantage I'm going to get by you know noticing and then be like, oh man, that guy always leads with his left foot. Now <laughs> I'm really going to stab him. Yeah. <laughs> then we get to what I'm going to call the interesting rules that they're just okay. kind of some maybe add some complication to things, even more so than the keep circling and lead with your left will. One is sort of the, the tandem of thirty seven and fifty three. Don't start anything you can't finish and never do anything halfway. So if he starts something, he's going to finish it, which I guess could be good, but also could be bad. On the sort of just confusing one that I don't even know why this would have come up. Number 38 is no knot unties itself, which isn't directly saying untie any knots you see, but also is maybe implying that. It's like a fortune cookie. It's a very fortune cookie, yeah. It's very fortune cookie. It's more a fact. It's not a lesson. It's not an advice. It's just a fact about knots. It is a fact about knots. <laughs> that is true. So maybe it's actually, maybe we're fine in terms of like, he's not going to see a shoe and like go OCD on it. He's not going to expect it to untie itself. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Or just a thing. It's, it's a neutral thing. Look, we just have to remember that if ever comes up, they do understand knots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the state that they will stay in the state that they are or in. Or yours does, not necessarily ours. No, it's not that a given for yours. Lesson. <laughs> yeah. Number 39 is duck, exclamation point. Could be good if something is coming you should duck under. But also, I don't know if he's going to just stay ducked at all times. <laughs> um, it's a pretty blanket <laughs> statement, just duck. So he might just be kind of low in general. <laughs> One that I guess could also just be a statement of fact, but also feels more like an imperative than no, not unties itself. Uh, that also, once again, I don't think would come up, but if it does, could be problematic. Uh, number 45, sheep get sheared. <laughs> See, now that that's also in the, is it a fact or a command? That one feels more like a command to me that, that okay. like, if he sees a sheep, I mean, sheep get sheared, you know how it is. 
And then definitely, I think, in terms of a command, uh, number 84, you can't be a hero on an empty stomach. Uh, so he's going to need some food. Importantly, alongside that one is number 73. A hero is more than a sandwich. So he's going to be getting a side, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have to spend some money on this meal. Yeah. One that could get a little complicated if this fight goes for any extended amount of time. Uh, number 87, never let him see you sweat. So if he starts exerting himself, he might have to like run away and towel off a little bit. So that could be <laughs> kind of uh, awkward. Well, I mean, all that all that low circling is gonna is gonna work up a sweat pretty quick. So you know, he just has to expand his circle out to the shops so he can swap off his sweat. <laughs> I'm gonna hope sandwich. he can like grab a towel from somewhere or something, but or maybe at least some napkins from the hot dog guy. I don't know. And then number ninety eight. This one is also kind of complicated. Uh, be fast or be last. So it kind of sounds like either finish this quickly or lose. So I don't know, because that could also be guidance, but also if it's taken completely literally, you have two options, which are be fast or be last. So it's impossible for your guy to be to come in second in this fight. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> That's going to make my spreadsheet so complicated. I don't know how to <laughs> remove coming in second. <laughs> yeah, so have fun with that one. Uh, there is also, in, in that note as well, Rule 33, second place is the first loser, which is also, I guess, just a statement of, of fact, but... I mean, also true for fights in general. That's, a good, it, that's it, a good is, it is true. And then, of course, there is the most important rule of all of these rules for this these purposes, uh, which you might think is me being just kind of like, oh, cheeky, and it's Rule 101, the last one, go the distance. Oh, that's the line from the movie. But no, it's Rule 60, <laughs> carry a big sword. So he will uh, have a big that's sword. A useful one. So both yeah. of you have swords. <laughs> we do. So yeah, that is a subset of Phil's list for heroes or rules for heroes. I've decided I went to a Greek mythology name generator. Um, and the first one that came up was Damon, which apparently means one who tames, which isn't quite right. It's kind of the other way around, but yeah. it's close enough. So Damon it is. So we have... Uh, Padawan Kenobi, the two. I'm actually going to change mine because Neo is an anagram of the one. So I'm going to, my guy's name is Toe. <laughs> Toe? <laughs> <laughs> Toe. Got it. Padawan Kenobi, Toe, and Damon. <laughs> Man, we should have come up with these ahead of time. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> Not going to lie, I would have done exactly the same thing. Oh, boy. All right. So I think we can use our typical locale. Uh, we like to have these fights in Central Park in New York City. That is where we're going to be meeting up, and uh, our hero, our heroes will be facing up each other. Are our mentors going to be there on the sidelines watching? I think or yes. Like... No? I was going to say no, but I would go either way. I guess it doesn't really matter, but I imagine them like on the sidelines just like cheering them on. That's fair. Yeah, I'm good with that, actually. But no interference. Yeah, they don't They don't help with the fight at all. Yeah, mostly because that really outclasses me in terms of Phil versus <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi and Morpheus. I imagine it like a boxing match. Like, they're on the sidelines and they can yell things. Mm, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, you get, we get, do, do, do we do it in rounds where we get a little... Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to... I don't know how long this fight's going to be because let's, let's say the mentors are there just in case it, it becomes interesting. The, the the question I want to tackle right away first off is Does Toe have a gun? Yeah <laughs> I feel like he would. <laughs> Does Phil and I'm gonna leave this to cause, cause I'm gonna leave this to Ben's interpretation. 
Phil, having spent some amount of time training a hero in the modern world, does he understand and embrace guns? Or is he like, no, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna form strong opinions about that guns are terrible, and here's a good old-fashioned, like, bow and arrow instead? I mean, the only thing related to range combat in these rules... Oh, where to go? I have it. I have the list of rules up here. I didn't pull this one down because I didn't know that would come up. I mean, Hercules uses bows and arrows, right? He does use bows and arrows. Oh, yeah. Keep both eyes open when you shoot. You'll see twice as well. That is rule 64. Although, in terms of him embracing weapons, rule 66 is it's either education or elimination. So it does suggest that he might seek out new technology. Yeah, I'm kind of torn because he's, he's definitely like a bit stuck in his ways. Like he's, he lives definitely lives in the past, at least the start of the movie. He kind of comes out of a shell a little bit. But yeah, I don't. I feel like he would just be like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the size of the gun he could carry be limited by the size of the large sword, because it does say a big sword. Yeah, Damon is not is not actually Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Rule fifteen is a hero is only as good as his weapon. So I'm gonna say that yes, he may have a gun. I feel like Phil would be the type of person to embrace anything that makes that like makes things easy. He does. Rule eight is if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So I don't know if that's true. Uh, never mind then. Although everyone in America does have guns. So <laughs> could go either way. Yeah, the guns is a big question. So gun skill levels, I, I'm guessing Morpheus I, I, or Toe, sorry, I guess Toe would probably be the most concentrated on that. Like get the most gun training, I think, by, you know, a decent margin. Yeah. But I also think that Morpheus, he believes that the one, he's going to, I'm going to say that he thinks that Toe is like the one or the two or whatever, and that he doesn't actually need guns. Hmm. That's true. He gave the whole, when you're ready, you won't need them speech and Toe bought into it. Yeah. So I think he still does have the training, Toe, for, for guns and stuff, but it's not necessarily his primary thing. Interesting. So are are we saying we're not, none of us are going to start, like, not, well, are we all going to have guns but not start with them? Is that the question? <laughs> Is that what we're concluding? I mean, I think we can also say we don't have guns. Uh, I mean, I think they <laughs> can come into play at some point, but I don't know. Hmm. I mean, the thing is, when, like, when they're going to rescue Morpheus in the movie, Neo immediately goes to guns. <laughs> yeah, because guns are very, like, we could say, oh, we don't aren't inclined to immediately draw our guns up. The second any kind of pressure comes out, it's going to just switch to a gunfight anyway. Well, I think specifically Toe has, like, no moral stand. Like, he doesn't care about killing random people because he doesn't trust anyone, and he thinks everyone's an agent. Yeah. You'd definitely be first to draw, which I think puts you at just a pretty big advantage to start. Like, if we kind of, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, we start off, we're all there. What does the first action look like? Yeah. I mean, usually we try to figure out who would fight first. I don't know what the first interaction would be. Well, I mean, rule 51, act, don't react, right? <laughs> so who would, who would, uh, what's his name, Damon? Yeah. Oh, also rule, rule 62, the best defense is a good offense. Man, these really just keep coming, huh? <laughs> yeah, so Damon would attack someone. Who would yeah. Damon attack? Um... I'm trying to figure out if there's any any guidance here in these rules for that. I mean, based on like our moral standings, I think Toe would be the bad guy and Padawan Kenobi would be the good guy. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up in like nice, like elegant, you know, stylish brown robes, and Chris is gonna show up in a black trench coat. So so here's the other question that we have to to clear up actually before we decide who Damon's going to attack is uh, what are the chances that Damon shows up and he's hungry? Because if he is hungry, he has to go get a snack. <laughs> in the rules. <laughs> and what is a hot dog a sandwich? Will that satisfy him? <laughs> um, well, it's, it has to be more than a sandwich. So I could get like a hot dog and like some chips, and I think that would be okay. But you just can't have just the hot dog. All right, let's do it this way. Let's 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 figure. What are the odds? How hung? How hungry are we on average during the day? What 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 amount of time during the day are we hungry? My secret is I'm and also, always hungry. And also, what amount of time are we hungry after we've traveled to New York City? Well, is he from New York City or did he travel there? I mean, I assume he's from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty long, a far uh, trip. I mean, I'd be hungry personally. <laughs> so really, it's, it's it's the trip from it's the it's the trip from JFK International Airport to the New York City. You're probably gonna eat. No, I don't eat when I get off. When I'm done with the flying, I don't eat. Yeah, I'm not hungry at first. It's going to be when I like get over there. I'm like, no, I actually could go for something. Nah, but you're, you're going to make it. So basically from, from JFK to New York City, it's like it's a good 45 minutes to Penn Station based on the train there. So by the time you get out and like you hit the big city before you've like, gone towards Central Park, you're already gonna be hungry. I think the odds are you're gonna stop on the way. That's fair, actually. You're right. So I would, I will, I will. Making it, eaten. making it from, making it from, making it to Central Park from uh, JFK after a flight without stopping for food somewhere in between is definitely doable. But I don't think super. I don't think it's the likelier of the two. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's doable for me. So I don't think it's doable for for Damon either. So you're thinking Padawan and Tower in Central Park without pa- uh, Damon there? I guess that's the question, right? Yeah, I think we're going to get there first. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think Damon's going to be late. So really. Um... I also think that Toe has a good chance of just like fighting random people because he thinks everyone's an agent. So, yeah. So, well, let's say let's start off with it is a I'm going to say I'm going to say 60 percent chance. It's 60 percent chance that Damon is late because he's getting food. If Damon is there first, we've established that he fights. He goes first yeah and we've decided it's slightly more likely that he attacks probably toe toe. Mm -hmm. i I agree with that i'm gonna do like 25 percent for toe 15 percent for padawan or 30 10 just as far as who we'd pick yeah that sounds fair all right 30 10 all right cool so that's those are the that's that's how likely those initial scenarios are going so basically for these episodes what i'll do is i'll we decide how likely it is for this event to happen. And then if that event happens, how likely is it that this fighter comes out on top? And then I multiply those percentages through to find out the actual, based on all the different possibilities, what are the actual um, odds of winning for each character? So let's talk about if it's, we got Toe and Padawan fighting. Well, one of the reasons why I brought up that Toe might be uh, fighting random people is because he might like assault some random person or like a cop or something and end up getting arrested. <laughs> I don't know. The, the cops don't seem particularly effective against the Matrix people. <laughs> I mean, he's not a, a Matrix dude, person. Though. He's just yeah, a random guy that thinks he's in the Matrix. <laughs> also, yeah, we are in New York City, so guns are kind of like a a uh, would 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 draw attention by the authorities. Yeah, I think Toe has a very high chance of being arrested before the fight. So that goes down as a loss. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd put that down Probably. as like. Yeah, so in this moment of time, like... It's like a DNF. 
Yeah, it did not finish. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to give it. I don't give that too high a percentage because, like, we could also finish the fight before you get arrested. If it's you know some gunshots, the fight might be over by the time you know the arrest happens. So I don't know. We'll we'll just write off thirty percent of the time. Toe just, <laughs> just gets, gets arrested. arrested. <laughs> just gets murders a civilian and gets apprehended by the police before the fight starts. So what are Padawan's chances of actually making it to the fight? Pretty high, I think. Yeah, no, he's he's really by the book. Um, he, if anything, he'd be there like you know, fifteen minutes early, like his you know, you know, whatever whatever advice you imagine like a good parent giving is gonna be what Obi Wan is gonna tell Padawan to do. So like preparedness, timeliness, cleanliness, like you know, that's what these are. These are gonna be the watch words. So I'll, I'll be showing up clean shaven. <laughs> I will not be showing up with a sandwich or an hand. You might just win by default if both of us <laughs> don't show right. up. The fight never gonna happen. <laughs> Our, our our Phil and our Phil and Morpheus such flawed mentors that they would could never get a person to a location. Actually, wait, no. Uh, Damon will show up because, as mentioned, rule one hundred one is go the distance. So he will get right. there. He'll just be yeah, late. Yeah, he will get there. It might just take him some time. Yeah, no. It's, uh, I'm gonna do basically if you pick any if you pick anyone that's not Padawan to attack first. I think then Padawan jumps into action because he would also be you know a noble protector type thing like that would motivate him to act if you pick padawan as your first target he's not going to act first so like if you just get in your head to attack padawan and that's the first person you decide to shoot i think that's it for him because he gets shot (laughs) yeah because he gets shot (laughs) right (laughs) it's pretty easy cause and effect there but it seems not super like half the half the time i don't know how how often do you think you would pick me as a target i mean i think or are you asking Ben as uh, as Damon? No, no. I'm asking. For, um, I'm asking Toe. Yeah. Oh, Toe. I think Toe is kind of a wild card who he picks. I don't think it really matters. <laughs> I think he just would basically go after anyone because in his mind, no one has been unplugged yet from the Matrix, uh, so everyone's a threat. Got it. All right. So what we'll do is I'm gonna write off the thirty percent for getting arrested, and then I'll split the the rest of it, which makes that. 65-35 for me versus you. So if I make it through, uh, if Padawan makes it through either by default because uh, <laughs> Toe was arrested or Toe shoots a different civilian and Padawan jumps in and, and shoots him, then we wait a few minutes patiently because patience is a watchword of the Jedi um, until... Damon rolls up, like, wiping his mouth. Until Damon rolls up, yeah. you know, <laughs> with a napkin, patting his lips... And doing that, and then and then we make contact. At which point, I think I'm at a disadvantage because at the same, like at that point, like the act first still applies. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The circling and ducking does draw attention to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question: What time of year is it? Because I've been to New York in the summer, and that never let him see you sweat thing might make him be a no show. <laughs> um well the the thing is the 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 sandwich bistro you're going to enter is going to be air conditioned yeah but i mean like if he hops in a cab or on the subway like it's gonna get warm so the the thing is like we're gonna you're gonna start circling and like yeah let's assume it's not a 90 degree day because we can't write off another do not finish for another 30 percent of it of the fight that's i mean we could but 
let's assume it's like a nice spring day where like you know a prolonged fight yeah you might have to go you might have to go leave and dab we're probably gonna sword fight right i imagine that's oh, the yeah. honorable way for us but we're gonna we're sure, for sure gonna sword fight yeah no question and assuming we have a similar level of sword training with if lights you know assuming lightsabers translates i think i have the advantage there because the thing about swords is big swords aren't really super practical no <laughs> in real fights swords are fragging heavy particularly if it's just like you know a random dude <laughs> i mean what's the lightest sword that you think he or the heaviest sword that you think he'd be able to handle well it's not about being able to wield it it's about being less wieldy than a weapon from a more civilized age mm. yes mm. I would guess it's sort of like a, you know, like a, um, whatever they are, like sort, sort of like those swords you can kind of use with one or two hands. Yeah, I imagine, I imagine like, I imagine like, like a scimitar from like Aladdin, like one of the slightly oversized ones. Well, I was thinking like a, like a, like a Braveheart style, like not like full Claymore, but you know, that kind of vibe. Okay, yeah. A big sword. So I feel like a sword fight would be like 70, 30. Is there anything that happens that's not a sword fight? Um, probably not. All right. So I I've got that I've got that a 70 30 for in my favor for 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 the sword fight that develops if I make it past Chris. I like that. That seems fair. All right, other way around if Chris makes it through. Now, can Chris evade the cops long enough for you to finish your sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. How long? I mean, I don't think it's unlikely. How long do you think it would take for you to eat? Um it's tough to say because there's also a rule Rule, what is it, 86? Every time it takes me a second to say what rule it is, by the way, it's because these rules were, of course, listed with Roman numerals for the numbers. They have to convert <laughs> oh LXXXVI into an actual <laughs> number. Uh, rule 86, the harder to get, the better to have. So he's probably going somewhere kind of fancy, actually. So it's going to be maybe like a sit-down lunch. Oh, or no, it's going to be it's gonna be the, the fancy local place that has, like, two staff and 300 customers Oh, yeah, exactly. So he's going to be in line for, like, an hour. <laughs> He's going to probably try to find a Greek restaurant. No, no. Remember, where to go? Where to go? A man is more than a sandwich. No. Rule 29, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it did come up. Okay. Uh, all right. What's what's the aggregate on here of... Wait, hold on. Long sandwich. He's, he's going to go get Chinese. Rule 39, duck. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right, you two. Figure, figure, Chris, help you two figure out what what are you making it there? What's, I mean, I feel is, like the odds you can evade? I feel like Toe has a. I think he can evade the the cops for at least a little while. I mean, I don't know. A sit down meal is kind of a long time though. It's probably not actually a sit down meal. I I would say that like the assumption would be that they were supposed to all get there at the same time. So it would basically be the time to go to a restaurant and get food and eat it. And most Manhattan places are like, you know, are you pretty, walk in. Yeah, pretty quick. Like, they're, they're like counter service. Like, you just go and get it. So we'll say 15, 20 minutes. Okay. I mean, that's not that long then, I guess. I would say maybe it's like a 50-50 whether he gets caught by the police <laughs> before the fight starts. Okay. 50-50 gets caught beforehand. And then odds are not great for... For, for Damon? For Damon. For Damon at that point, right? Probably not, Yeah, no. I kind of just shoot you. <laughs> yeah. You have a gun, but it's, but you're just gonna be against the. It's gonna be like a quick draw fight, and he's gonna you're gonna be up against someone with a bit more, probably a few more guns than you. Yeah. <laughs> Can a shield stop a gun? 
because rule 26 is your shield's your best friend. So it's not guaranteed that he has one, but it is more likely than not, I would say. He has like a, a riot shield? Oh yeah, he'd have a riot shield. I mean, even a regular wooden shield would, would stop a bullet. Would it? I actually don't know. Maybe? Probably? Enough to not that you're not dead. Yeah, anyway. it's something. I guess. And rule 28 is keep your guard up, so. I mean, I have more than one bullet, though. We're not saying the odds are good. It's not good, but there is at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like you know, 90-10 maybe instead of just straight, I get shot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, what we could do is we could just give you a slightly better odds of getting there and make it a 50-50. It, it seems about even. That seems fair, yeah. I, li- I like that. All right. So now we're in the scenario where Ben has is eats the sandwich ahead of time and makes it there. Or, yeah, you get there and you're not hungry. There was dinner service on the plane. So we have basically the same exact fight where, where but but Chris as Toe is uh, targeting you first and has low, lower, much lower chance of being arrested. Much lower chance <laughs> of being arrested. Yes, but you are acting first. You do want to act. You are acting fast. That is true. I I still think it's definitely weighted towards Toe. Seventy five twenty five. That's kind of worse. I like mean, that. yeah, because you're acting first. You're probably gonna try melee, right? You're not gonna go straight probably. for the gun. Probably, yeah. So, I mean, if yeah, you attack 80, me with the 20? sword, if you, like, if you're close to me and you attack me with the sword, I don't really have a way of defending against the sword unless I can just dodge it. Probably can't dodge it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So Yeah, it's a big sword. He's going to he's gonna think that he can dodge it because he thinks he's super fast, but he didn't actually work out or anything. So <laughs> I love the idea that he just goes into, like, the, the you know, the slow motion bullet dodge, but it's just, like, cut in half. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just, like, a sword coming down. Big sword. Big sword. <laughs> yeah, so 75-25 feels right. All right. Then it's me versus Chris. At this point, you've just defeated Ben, and then we're just kind of facing off against each other. This feels more 50-50, where it's like, or I'll give, I think you have a slight edge because you're better at guns. We're just going to have a gunfight without an element of surprise in it. Yeah, I think so. I'll do 55-45. 55-45. Sure. Then we have me and me versus Ben again. Is there anything different than our other fight? I don't think so. I guess technically I'm slightly more tired. I might have to take a break to tile myself off a little bit. <laughs> All right, I'll give you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go instead of seventy thirty. I'm gonna go seventy one twenty nine yeah. in case you have you just tail off and I shoot that you. That seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you've memorized all these rules and can pull them at exactly the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. I take it back because I would never, I would never shoot you while you're telling off. That's not, that's not the Jedi way. That is, that is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You're an honorable. I would shoot him while he's telling off. Toe would definitely do it. Yeah. No question. Okay. So now we're at Ben acts first targeting me. So this one, this one feels closer. If it start if the battle starts off this way, the problem is if it goes this way, Chris is going to have a huge advantage because we're going to be sword fighting. And Chris is just going to shoot us both. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So what I'm gonna do is, you know, it doesn't. I don't think it's gonna matter what we it's do because I'm just gonna give. Yeah. I'm just gonna give Chris like, you know, ninety percent on. I'll do. I'll do ninety. I'll do ninety ten in case I'm able to. If if you want to wait for us to d- be done fighting and then we, I have a slight chance of drawing a gun, but mostly you're just gonna shoot me and then ninety five five against Ben because that's even less likely to 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 go in Ben's favor. Seems fair. Unless Chris goes and gets himself arrested while we're sword fighting. <laughs> Very possible. It depends on how many people are around us, like in Central Park. Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm happy. I'm happy with these. I'm happy with these numbers. We've we've got numbers. Yeah. 
Number crunching time. Well, I finally, 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 for the first time ever, or maybe the second time ever, did not delete my spreadsheet where I track all these fight numbers, <laughs> so I don't have to recreate the math and multiplications each time, so I can just fill them in as long as we stick to our general formula and get numbers that work. Nice. So, the percentages that go into... So, reminder, now we take the... we have, I have an overall chance for each of us to win combining all these scenarios. So, like, you know... If it's 60% chance that me and Chris fight first, and a 65% chance I win that, and a 70% chance I beat Ben after that, those numbers get multiplied together for all the different scenarios. All right, so the odds are, for Damon, the uh, least likely to win, 27.7%. There are a good number of scenarios where, where you pull out ahead. Wait, never mind. That's not right. <laughs> uh, I, 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 thought, I, I swapped the 70-30 for, for one of our sword fights. Oh. So least likely to win, 24.7%. Perfect. <laughs> Damon, next up with a 32.1% chance to win is, the, not the two, uh, Toe. Toe. <laughs> he is the two. His name is just Toe, though. Yeah, it's just Toe. Toe the two. Yeah. I, I've just seen Morpheus going, he is the two. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, with the rest of it, which is 43.2%, uh, is Padawan Kenobi with... His mentor, Obi-Wan, looking real smug on the sidelines. I mean, he always looks pretty smug, to be fair. So it might not be related to this. It's just kind of his natural situation. Would Morpheus have, would Morpheus have, helped, would, would Morpheus have helped them not get arrested? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think this is against the rules. Yeah, I think also I think Morpheus personality-wise would just, like, peace out. Like, oh, <laughs> well, life is hard and things happen. Yeah, it wasn't him. <laughs> He's lost to us now. <laughs> Let's go find the three. <laughs> Morpheus isn't really big on saving. Does he save anybody in those movies? Like, does he even bother? He gets captured and they save him. Yeah, no, you're done. <laughs> all right. Are all the numbers. Uh, are all they the numbers are input? in the wheel. I'm just going to confirm with you. So, Morpheus was 32.1. Yep. Phil is 24.7. Yep. Obi Wan is 43.2. Correct. Okay. Yes, I have the wheel and it actually is pretty even. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, here it is. Phil, Obi-Wan, uh, Morpheus. <laughs> almost forgot his name. Here we go. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel of final determination. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Come on. Toe. He is the two. He is the two. He is the two. Okay. Oh, man. Even the even the photo you picked for the wheel has Obi-Wan's disappointed face on. <laughs> yeah. Failed another mentee, didn't you? <laughs> Okay, so I guess I gotta I gotta say how he wins or how Toe wins. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's making his way to Central Park because he knows there's a fight going on, and he dis he sees someone that he doesn't trust, so he he punches them in the face, thinking that they're an agent, and a cop comes after him, but he is uh he runs because he is fast. Uh, I guess he's not that fast because he doesn't really train that much physically, but he is able to to evade the cops. And by the time he makes it to Central Park, he sees that a fully fed Damon is fighting a Padawan. They're already fighting each other. He's like, "Oh, two more, two more agents!" And he takes out his guns and shoots them, and they both perish. And just as they die. The cop catches up with him and arrests them. But he won the fight. So anyway, anyway. I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> and 
that is Toe. Fantastic. Toe wins the fight. And Morpheus is the best mentor. Woo! All right, let's move on to our uh, Would You Rather, because that took a surprisingly long amount of time to get through. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, are you ready for Would You Rather? Yes. Would you rather be a skeleton or a vampire? Skeleton? Technically, I am a skeleton. Just an animated skeleton. Oh, okay. Because I do have other bits Halloween now. spooky stuff. Yeah. What is gotcha. the lore behind skeletons? Um, well, Necromancy. they have bones and nothing else. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Can you ask it again? <laughs> ben, would you rather... No, no, the, the Chris's question. What is the lore behind skeletons? Well, as I understand it, the... Uh, the the shin bone's connected to the knee bone, and the knee bone's connected to the thigh bone, and so mm. on and so forth. Anyway, <laughs> I forgot how the song actually goes Worth right it. after I ask you to set me up for the joke, which maybe blunted the impact a little bit. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah, you really got to liven up the joints. Hey. <laughs> that, that bone's connected to the some, that, that other bone. Yeah. What? How does... Okay, you know what? It doesn't matter. Point B, skeleton or vampire? I feel like the vampire is way cooler. It is a lot cooler, but it also puts a lot more constraints on you. Really, the only thing expected of you when you're a skeleton is you don't have skin or organs. And I can handle that. There's a lot of That's other, like... a pretty like, big restraint. <laughs> well, but, like, like, there's a lot of, like, social pressure put on you as a vampire, right? And not as a skeleton? Well, but I mean, like, like you can't go out in the day because you'll get all burnt by the sun. You can't have garlic anymore. And I love garlic. And you got to drink blood. And I don't know. I mean, what can you do? You can't see your shit in the mirror, which introduces new social preferences. Right. Maybe yeah. your hair is a fucking mess. How do vampires always have good hair? Because they can't use mirrors. <laughs> Does someone else comb a vampire's hair for them? They that's could. why they gel it back so much. Because oh, that's they easy. Yeah. Don't you know. Can just, yeah. You can just, you know, kind of do that one blind. Anyway, skeleton, you can do whatever you want. You're just a skeleton. Can you do whatever you want? I don't know. I mean, yeah, why not? What's stopping you? I mean, you might not be able to get a job in retail. But... <laughs> I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't unlock your cell phone with your fingerprint. What's <laughs> facial? What about facial recognition? Probably not. <laughs> Sorry, this only works on underlying bone structure. <laughs> you actually probably can't use a touchscreen at all, which isn't ideal. You need to get one of those little like finger covers that help you use a touchscreen better, you know? Or like a stylus. Oh, actually, yeah. Around. I was going to say, that's honestly kind of a deal breaker almost for me. You can use a stylus. You can get one of those styluses with like the little nub on the end. Oh, that's true. Just tuck that in your rib cage. Yeah, I guess you can still wear clothes. So you can still yeah, have you pockets can wear clothes. and stuff. You can be a cool skeleton with a baggy <laughs> shirt and a backwards baseball cap. I've never imagined a skeleton wearing clothes before. Not even a baggy shirt and a backwards baseball cap? <laughs> no. Man, being a skeleton, I'm like, I'm like, I'd rather be a skeleton than a human. <laughs> right, right? Like, don't gotta moisturize. Don't gotta worry about getting sunburned. It's all upside, dude. Also, like, skeletons aren't, like... Well, you gotta make sure you maintain yourself. Because you don't want to become a gross skeleton. That's, but, like, yeah. a, a, a good, clean skeleton is, like... You can be pals with a skeleton. Yeah. I mean, you just take a shower like a normal person, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you ever need to hide somewhere, you just you just stand very rigidly in a science classroom. <laughs> just let the student... Whatever student in his job is to clean the skeleton clean you. Yeah. It's perfect. You know, just stay there, and they'll clean you, and then and then you just head out. <laughs> and then you walk away. Yeah. He's like, thanks. Just... <laughs> thanks. Pull on your baggy shirt and backwards baseball cap. And then, like, play your ribs of xylophone as you, like, dance out the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? It's all upside. Why can't I be a skeleton right now? Come on. I don't think you'd be able to talk. 
Uh, no, you couldn't. You couldn't say thanks. Give a big thumbs up, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to get one of the voice modulator. You you have to like have a a a, a type to voice. Thing, yeah, which be, that would be annoying. I mean, logistically, I don't really know how the skeleton works in general. But are we gonna, are we going to draw the line at vocal cords don't let you talk? Because I, I imagine an animated magical skeleton would talk. Um, I mean, we could just say magic because, like, technically the bones wouldn't be together. Right. Ma- magic is th- technically there's a lot of other things beyond just the bones not being together in this situation, dude. <laughs> On a technical level, there are some other liberties we have to take with the living skeleton. Yeah. I'm going to say the skeleton. I want to say the skeleton can talk because I hate it, hate it, hate it that it- I feel like it's getting taken away from me if the skeleton can't talk. Agreed. <laughs> You're saying this because you want to be a skeleton and you don't want to have to change your yeah, mind. Yeah, I do. And I don't want anything bad to happen to it anymore. Yeah. So I'm- my bias is going to be extreme from this point forward. You know what? I agree with you. <laughs> What are you thinking, Chris? I want to be the vampire. Skeleton just sounds like a normal person. Yeah, That's but boring. vampire sounds way worse. <laughs> what what? Vampire, you can be cool and you can turn into bats. And maybe I don't want a reflection. But I like Italian food and Mexican food. And those are full of garlic. <laughs> you can, you can. I don't think you could taste the food, Ben. Okay, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. So you can't. You also can't eat really eat as a skeleton. <laughs> But but I could still eat as a vampire, but wouldn't be able to eat my favorite foods. That's worse. <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather come down entirely. <laughs> exactly. No, I I want to be the the vampire. I'm I'm like a night owl anyway, so I'm okay being out at night only. You just gotta transfer from night owl to night bat. Perfect. Yeah. You're good. Well, it sounds like Marks and I are pretty squarely in, in camp, camp skeleton, right? Yeah. And you guys, everyone at home, you can subscribe to Camp Skeleton uh, by going to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash absurdhypotheticals. And for just $1 a month, become a part of our Absurd Hypothetic Pals, which is now going to be the skeleton thing I said a second ago, but have already forgotten. Team Skeleton? Camp, what I Camp Skeleton. Camp Skeleton. Camp Skeleton. If you want to be a member of Camp Skeleton, that's where you do it. Just a dollar. Uh, there's bonus Camp Skeleton content all over that website, and you get access to all of it immediately. So many good things there. If you are using your bony fingers uh, with no flesh on them to type up things on your cellular device, why don't the thing you type up be a good review for the show? Getting reviews helps grow the show, lets people who find it know that it is good so that they actually click through and listen to the dang thing. And if that's not working for you, if if your thumbs are too tired, then you can also just tell your friends and family about us. If you use a fun fact somewhere and you get weird looks, or you just are very excited about it, and you want to tell people about it, go do that, and then tell them where you got it, and then more people can discover all the weird facts and things and stupid conversations that we have. You can also vent about the things we get wrong, where you can be like, oh my god, I was listening to these three dingleberries on this podcast, uh, and they said it was better to be a skeleton than a vampire, and these are the ten reasons why it's wrong. So you can do all that for free, which is awesome, and you should go and do that for your best skeleton pals. In any case... You can always join us next week where we answer the following question. What if everything man-made was made out of paper? Paper.